Welcome back to the Black Letter Podcast. We set out to create an entertaining and exciting podcast about law and business. Black Letter, the name, comes from the Gothic typeset. Over time, Black Letter became the only font that English law books were printed in. It made it harder for kind of the common person to understand what the English law books said. Black Letter came to represent something that was law, that was set in stone, that was sort of old and a well-settled fundamental principle of law. We're here to demystify black letter law. We're here to demystify things that happen in business and law and where those two meet. And I hope you have fun listening. Welcome back to the Black Letter Podcast. I'm Tom Dunlap, your host. Thanks for joining me and Terry. Terry's back from Litify. You heard last week about Litify, what it is. It's a platform for lawyers based on Salesforce. Terry came together with some buddies who were in the Salesforce ecosystem to develop a robust enterprise-grade litigation management, document management, matter management platform that has a lot of other capabilities beyond uh, those traditional things in the law space. And he was very careful not to pan other uh, legal platforms so uh, that they probably appreciate that. I don't care, but I, they probably appreciate that a lot. So today, I'm going to ask you, Terry, uh, share with our guests a challenge or a problem that you faced in either building the company, because it's six years old and you've seen good growth. I saw on your website, you've got a tremendously huge group of people and you're, I guess they're, you're all sitting in Brooklyn together or something, it looks like, um, which yeah. is crazy to me, especially during COVID. But um, I mean, I don't, again, it doesn't bother me. It's just crazy that you have that many people that quickly and in, all in one region because everything's so distributed these days. Anyway, tell me about a challenge that your company's faced or you've cha- faced in the business and we'll talk yeah. about how you resolved it. Yeah. And Tom, I got to say that actually that picture, I think it's from one of our sales kickoffs or, or company kickoffs. Yes. Uh, so it was a little bit odd. Yeah, we are pretty distributed. We're Brooklyn, Wilmington, New Orleans okay. offices and, and places all over the place. But um, but yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me back. Um, yeah, it, it's been a very interesting ride. I, I think that we knew going in that there is going to be you know, some headwinds in the legal space. Namely, they're not the first to really invest in technology. I'll give you sort of a, a philosophical thing that we had to really tackle and then what's sure. more kind of a tactical thing that we had to tackle um on the philosophical side like we we understood that we needed to come in and kind of educate the marketplace in terms of what you know sort of a new way to approach these types of things is and we knew that that would there be some reluctance there particularly when you're sitting with lawyers and you know who bill by the hour and you're telling them that i can make you more efficient and i can make you go faster and i can make you so there there's a, some kind of philosophical differences there, but we, we faced some of those headwinds. And I think that what we did was effectively was to kind of just really lay out from pure ROI perspective, how these things can ultimately lift you and, and lift your firm um, by going more efficiently and, and by doing things a little smarter and making better decisions faster and that kind of thing. Um, you really separate yourself from your competition and you really deliver an amazing experience for your clients. So we always kind of pointed to that as the reason that you really should sort of embrace a new approach to technology and process and things like that. That was very hard at first. And that was, you know, we kind of came out maybe a little too cocky and just said, this is, this is plainly obvious. And we probably underestimated a little bit of the, we've always done it that way, safety that, you know, I think right. lawyers kind of inherently fall back to. So that took a little, little doing and it took, it took really some success with clients and a lot of kind of uh, yelling from the mountaintops around um, uh, and, and seeing the client's success as well. We saw our clients, we, we measured, uh, our, the growth of our clients 
and how they were you know exceeding their goals in particular areas be it revenue or practice area expansion or whatever their metrics were we really helped them kind of measure that um so that was that was difficult and it took us a bit to get over on a tactical side god i'm yeah. sorry yeah well no so your challenge it sounds like was lawyers personalities and kind of the industry view of new technology or change right because it's it's really hard i mean we have 80 something lawyers here and especially lawyers who started practicing i don't know i started practicing in the 90s but that then or before it's even lawyers from the 2000s it's hard to get millennials to move off of what law firms have always done which is insane to me it doesn't even make sense that that's the thing you said what you did is you you came up with a sales strategy but how did you actually and I understand showing them ROI and marketing, but I, I have found it well nigh impossible, even if I get a lawyer to nod his head and say, okay, I understand what you're saying to me. But I found it almost impossible for a lawyer to say, okay, but I'm going to go ahead and change what I'm doing. How did you make them actually change what they're doing? I'm going to spend money on something I've never seen before and don't really understand and change what I'm doing. I mean, to me, it's the height of insanity. And I've been trying to do that at my law firm for 15 years. And we, we do make strides but it takes yeah. years. So what, mm -hmm. what's your secret sauce? Change management is something we literally talk about every single day without question. Um, and it's, and it's, a, you know, it's obviously a hot topic and it's an important one. There's a couple things. One is, you know, I have this whole philosophy around sort of bottom up and top down. It's not that novel, but the whole idea is that if it has to make sense for literally every level of, of a person at in every capacity at, at, a, at a law firm, you have to be able to demonstrate there. to them yep. Just physically, this is what's going. you're going to be able to do. You have to show them that if this is your tasks for the day, here's how it's laid out. Here's how it correlates to your calendar. Here's how it correlates to documents that are associated with it. And you have to really show them that this is going to literally put time back in your day and on items that you're doing to, today that take time and frankly, don't require much expertise. So that automation and standardization that I mentioned in the last piece, that's very important. You have to show every, everyone how that happens. So that's kind of the bottom up philosophy. And then top down is, is, is what it is. I mean, it's really getting executive buy-in to say that this is going to drive the right types of behaviors for our firm. This is going to um, get, deliver us the types of results we want. And we're going to do it. And because I found that if you really don't have both, it is very, very hard to, to actually successfully do that. And the other sort of piece I'll throw in there is that you have to find champions. You have to find, you know, call it with each, ideally within each department. Um, you have to find someone that's going to be that person to wave the banner and become a super user because they're the ones that are going to go, Hey dude, check it out. Like watch what I can do. And they're going to show right. somebody and they're going to go, Oh, how did you like, you can see that you can, you can get predictive components about your case and how long it should take and how much it should cost. And like, if they start seeing that and they go, Holy, you know, Holy cow, I, I want that too. So that, that actually happens and we see that, you know, the, those best practices, which is an overused term, but we see that happen at firms and that's, that's when it really catches fire. That and the reporting piece where you can really start seeing people are competitive by nature. You can start seeing how you, you're compared to other folks within the firm or, the, or, or your percentage of completion with your clients, things like that. There's an inherent sort of a response to that where people just want to do better and then they, they tend to kind of dive in more on the technology itself. So not easy. I would totally agree with you from, from that perspective, but there are ways that you can do it effectively. Okay. So, and then you said the other challenge you faced was a tactical challenge. What was that about? I didn't mean to interrupt you there. Yeah, no, 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 not at all. It, that was really just more on, on the delivery side. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, we, we grew very quickly and, and the, the market reacted very well to this type of um, product and, and approach, but we didn't necessarily have the capacity in place to deliver on all of it. 
And the way that we deliver is we have our own professional services team that does about a third, quarter to a third of our implementations. And usually the ones that are very interesting or sort of a new market or uh, they have, you know, real sort of sensitivity around for whatever reason. And then the rest of our implementations are done by consultants that are part of the Salesforce slash Litify ecosystem to understand the technology, understand legal, understand the process. And building that part of our business faster and better is something that we didn't really, you know, couldn't figure out initially. You know, thank heavens over the past 12, 18 months, we've gotten way, way better at that part of our business. But there was a time period and as a sales leader, it, it almost killed me to do it. I almost had to tell my team to stop selling. Like wow. literally, go, like go to the beach and stop selling. Or it hurts your soul, right? Oh, I'm telling you, Tom, it like nearly yeah. killed me. Um, but it's, you know, you had to hit the pause button or you found clients that were okay in doing this amazing project next August, you know, and that's, a, that's another very difficult thing to do. Um, so that was something that we had to overcome. Like I said, thankfully, we're, we're way, way better now. Um, but that was tough. That was definitely a hard challenge. What was the resolution? On, and just was it just hiring more people? I mean, I mean, it sounds like you pushed some people off. You had to find clients that were willing to wait. And then you had to figure out how to, I guess, implement more efficiently. I don't know. I mean, it just sounds like you had a scaling challenge. And Yeah. Um, yeah, we did. We did. And, and it was really circuitous in, in, in a the sense that. Yeah, no, we, 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 it was, it was all, it was literally all the above. It was, and and I, I made the quip about, you know, stopping selling, but what we really had to do on the sales front is we had to sell a little bit differently, meaning we had to really qualify like that people were committed to projects and they committed to the timeline. And so we, we sell, we sold with a little more of a, of a filter, I guess is the way to, the way to think about it. So starting there, actually, no, even before that, starting with product, we had to go back to product and the way that our product was engineered to gain some efficiencies and how fast it could be implemented and how easy partners could understand it and consultants uh, could understand it. So we had to really go back to the drawing board on a few things, start there, and then onto the way that we sell and market it, and then onto the way we support it and, on, uh, and implement it and support it. Um, we really just did real, uh, almost a holistic reset on the business where we just got down to you know uh, brass tacks and we're like, let's, let's wipe the slate clean. If we're starting a business today, knowing what we know, what would we do? And, and we had to do that. And it was, it was painful. It was painful, and, but we did it and, you know, it had to be done. Awesome. Okay. Well, well, thank you, Terry. So, um, I'm going to ask you on the next segment about three things that, or two or one, whatever, you don't have to pick a number. People like threes, but you don't have to have three. Uh, okay. so some things that you would share with entrepreneurs, lawyers, business people, just business advice. It could even be like Yoda guru life advice if you want. I don't know, whatever you have, but advice you'd give to people when they're getting involved with business or starting a business or things that you've learned. Um, so I'll let you think about that for roughly in the real world, 30 seconds, but for our guests, it's going to be a week. So guests, uh, thank you for joining us again on the Black Letter Podcast. Terry Dorman from Litify with us today, and he will be back with us next week, segment three, and he's going to share with us his, his three big pieces of advice uh, that he has learned from this adventure. Thanks for joining us. Black Letter Podcast. Download us wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, iHeartRadio, all those fun places, whatever. Email me if you have questions, tdunlapdbllawyers.com. We'll see you next week on the Black Letter Podcast. That's all for today's episode of Black Letter. Thanks again for listening. Join us next time when we talk about more Black Letter issues in creative ways. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and check out our website at blackletterstudios.com.